Welcome to the Christian Media Marketing Podcast, where we talk all things social media marketing to help your Christian media, Christian missionary, or church outreach find the seekers in your context. We want to help you get the right message in front of the right person at the right time and even on the right device. Are you ready? Here's your host, John Rawls, owner of Kavanaugh Media. Hey there, welcome to the Christian Media Marketing Show. My name is John, and on behalf of our Kavanaugh Media team, our different partners, and people that we love getting to work with all around the world, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks for spending some time with me. I hope that it will be a blessing, not only to you and to your ministry, but to those who are seeking who want to know who Jesus is. It's an exciting time that we live in, the technology, the tools, the resources that are available. It is a great time, and I'm super excited to see how God is at work. And I pray that your efforts, ours, everyone's, will bring glory to God and to His Son, Jesus. So thanks for spending some time with me. If you're listening to the podcast, thank you. If you're watching here on YouTube, thanks for hanging out with me today. I'm going to do my best not to cough. I'm still got a little bit of that lingering cough and stuff left over from my fight with COVID, my most recent one, but mostly I am back to good health. So besides that little bit of a cough, things are good. And so I hope to not cough on the show today. If I do, I'll, I'll even see if I can edit some of that out so I don't blow your eardrums out as you're listening to it. Well, some exciting things are happening around the world. We have launched with our coalition work that we're doing in one specific country, and we're way over 30 face-to-face contacts that are happening there. And the thing that's exciting to me is that it is truly a coalition, a group. And in some ways, a coalition has the idea that it's a short-term thing. It's not that at all. This is a desire of our Lord Jesus to see his children work together. And so as we are seeing that, as we are seeing different organizations and mission teams, as they put their hands together to the plow, I believe that God is pleased and that his kingdom is growing as a result of it. We have heard already and have met with people face-to-face, the teams have there, who are seeing people come to faith. And that is just truly exciting. What an awesome thing that you and I get to do to lift up the name of Jesus. We're really close in another country to launching there, and then we have several others on on the plate getting ready. The, the, the trust, the relationships, the technology, all of those things are being built, and it just takes time sometimes. But that foundation is essential. So uh, I just ask you to keep praying for that. I'm also just continuing to pray through a change of name of the overall work itself. The idea of one to many is something that we thought up about two years ago, but it's being used now by other people in some different ways. And I'm excited about the fact that Jesus is being lifted up. And I don't want to add confusion to the work that's out there. When you take a name and then somebody else takes a name that's really similar or really close, I just think that creates confusion. And I'm not sure why people would do that that's 
and use something that's confusing. We never want to do that with our ads or anything whatsoever. That's why language is really important. And so when it comes to one-to-many, it's kind of grown as a phrase and as a concept into its own strategy. And that's awesome. So if that's true, then I don't have a right to to claim exclusive use of it at all. And so however people want to use that concept of multiple people benefiting from one account, countrywide, language-wise, whatever it might be, that's awesome. And in some ways, it's had me rethinking just what is the goal of the work that we do? Is it ads? Is it using media? Is it to see one mission strategy? If it's not DMM, then it's nothing. Or is it CPM? Or is it G12? Or is it, it's confusing. When people always have different ways of doing stuff, I think that our Lord is above those. And one of the phrases that I use a lot is that you do not have to be my twin to be my brother. And so methodology, strategy, a lot of those different things, there's a lot of freedom, I believe, that the Lord gives us. And I'm for all of them. So I'm for any method that lifts up Jesus and will evangelize and disciple those people and help them grow in the Lord. And so we're trying to think through then just some new names. And so if you have some ideas about it on these countrywide and some will be language-wide projects that we're doing, let me know. I will tell you we are leaning towards this idea of John 17 right now and just Jesus's prayer for unity. And that is what I hope for more than ad metrics or anything else that might happen as a result of these different groups and teams working together. I believe that the Lord is pleased when his children work together when they can. Not from a business sense of what do you have, and what do I have, or who's got the coupon here, or who's going to get the credit for it. That's not what I'm talking about. In fact, I, I, I honestly just reject that level of partnership or teamwork in the sense where it is transactional only in nature. Are there benefits? Yeah. Can some people offer more than others? Sometimes. But I'm looking to build relationships more like a family. That's why the trust is so important. That's why no one stealing God's glory is important that we all together just lift up the Lord and let him do what only he can do. So I'll let you know. We'll make an announcement here on the show soon about how we're going to be talking about these projects. The countries, it's growing in scope. Uh, We're really excited. It looks like that we at Kavanaugh will be able to double the amount of teams. We're going to probably end up over a hundred and some teams this next year, Lord willing. And so through that and these broad countrywide and language-wide coalitions, um, we're really excited about how God is allowing us to partner with him and with many of you as well. All right, so let's get into some training today. I want to give you some thoughts, and these are thoughts about ads. And We're setting up some training, how to set up your Facebook account, your business account, how to set up your custom events, but I'm going to take a step back and I just want to talk strategy in today's talk with you. Now, everyone has a strategy and as the saying goes, everyone has a plan and that plan looks great until you get hit in the face, which is what I think Mike Tyson said a long time ago. But what he means by that 
is plans and strategies are great, but you have to be able to iterate and adapt. And so if you only know of one way, or if you have someone telling you, you've got to do it this way, and you've got to use one certain thing and use this or that, please be very careful. Because while that could be correct, it might be correct, or it might have been correct, but is not now. And so be careful when people tell you there's only one way to do marketing or ads or strategies there. There's a lot of different ways and a lot of different tools that are out there. So I wanted to take this week to give you some thoughts about ads themselves. Some of these are directly in relation to some private messages that I have received recently from Twitter and from our website as well. So let's dive into just some thoughts about running ads. So when it comes to running ads, there are a few things that I just want to share with you that I have learned and that I believe is true, at least right now. And one of the reasons why we continue to create new episodes, and new training, is because it is always changing. But there are best practices, but best practices change. But then there's also principles. And I think some of these are some principles that will hold true regardless of what is happening on Facebook or Google or whatever. So here are some of these thoughts that I have for you. First of all, there is this idea of ad fatigue. There is an idea that after a certain point in time, people get tired of seeing an ad. But there is some research that has come out that I have read in some different marketing magazines that seem to indicate that that may not be as important or true as we used to think. So if the creative is not changing, if the ad is not changing, then yes, some people will skip over it. But what they have found is that long-term, that repeated exposure is actually a positive. So in the e-commerce world, when they've ran these ads over and over and over, if the ads are good, if they're engaging in the heart language, that the effectiveness of them doesn't necessarily wear off over time. So one of the principles that we've tried to do is to be concerned about ad fatigue when the frequency reaches around four. And a frequency means that the average person has seen the ad at least four times. Now, if they've only seen it once or twice, then that's not enough time. And I'll talk more about that in just a little bit. But it could be that with a slight change in your headline or your creative in the picture or the video, that you can let that ad continue to run, that you can help it be something that you don't have to be creating all sorts of new ads all of the time. Because that's one of the things that I'm worried about. I'm seeing teams that are either being told or believe that they have to be creating five or six organic pieces of content and running two or three ads every three or four days. And yet I've received an email this week from a team who we are not working with, but we helped coach several years ago, who've just decided to stop and who can't keep up with that kind of pace. So I worry about burnout, and I worry about ad fatigue of those who are seeking. So the key thing here is to look at your metrics. And if the ad is continuing to do well, if whatever your objective is, if it continues to do that and the price doesn't skyrocket, it's okay to let that ad keep going. So no one says you have to turn it off at three or four 
look at your metrics and let that decide what you're going to do. Another thing is pausing ads. So I've been asked the question, well, what happens when you pause an ad? Well, it stops. It stops running. And there's no guarantee that when you restart that ad that it's going to continue to work in the same way that it's doing. There are so much, so much information that happens with the algorithm to determine who sees an ad or if it works or not. So when you pause it, the world just keeps going. So in that social media marketing world, different audience, different people, different things happening in their lives, Pausing an ad is fine, but do not always expect it then to just turn it back on and for it to work as good as it was doing before. There are times when we do need to pause ads, especially when our responders are maybe feeling overwhelmed. You can pause the ad. You can lower your daily ad spend. Right? So there's some different things that you can do there. But the key thing I want you to understand is that when you pause an ad, there's no guarantee that it will start back up working like the way it was. I've seen it multiple times, an ad be doing great. We pause it, we restart it, and then all of a sudden the ad just stops working well. I know it's frustrating, but it does happen. So be careful when you're pausing ads, but don't be afraid to do it if you need to. Another thing when it comes to ads is time parting. And this is something that you can do with your ads if you want to give your responders a break. So for example, in our one-to-many work right now in this one country, we've decided that we're not going to run ads between 2 a.m. and 10 a.m. And we may change this, but we instigated this because our responders needed a break. They needed a period of time where they could sleep. Now, that does not mean that if somebody's seen the ad or still has it that they can't comment or click on it, but the ad won't be shown to new people during that period of time. But there's a key thing here. To do this, to do time partying, or what it's called day partying, in other words, to run your ads only on certain days and at certain times, you have to have a start and an end date on that ad. So you'll need to go through, figure out your budget, figure out how much per day you can spend on that and then set that start date like you would normally do, but you're going to need to put an end date on it as well for you to be able to do the time party. But if you do that, it's a pretty cool tool. And it will allow you to be able to run the ads only at certain times. All right, let's keep going. Another thing that you could do with it is do retargeting based on time or objective. So you could have ads that only show every four days or only show to people who have already seen another ad, or only show this ad to people who have already messaged you, or show this ad to everyone who hasn't messaged you. All of these are retargeting options, and we'll do some training about this at a different time. But this ability to retarget is a way where you can run multiple ads in a way that won't overwhelm your audience with them seeing the same thing over and over and over. So it's an option there for you. It's something to look into. It's another way that you can layer your ads to be able to really fine-tune your strategy to achieve the goals that you want. Another thing is to let the algorithms work. This isn't just best practice. This is a principle here. 
The algorithm at this point is far more powerful than what you or I could think of when it comes to strategy. So in some ways, we want to create and get great content that really speaks to the heart. And we want to make sure it's in the heart language. And we want to set these ads up correctly with the right objectives. But at that point, when we have the location and the language and all of that done, we need to step back and let the algorithm work. I know, I've heard from some of you, yeah, the frustration of losing the ability to target by Jesus or Bible or whatever. But the thing is, is that information is still there to the algorithm. It's just not available to us. So we go very broad and then we do retargeting at times based upon what people have done, what pages they've gone to, what activities they've done. And we use that to then really fine tune our messaging second layer in our funnel. But we want to let the algorithm do what only it can do, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Google, YouTube, whatever. Let the algorithms work for you. Another thought is to don't run short ads. So what I mean by that is that unless the ad has a very specific time and date on it, let's say night of power in Muslim regions, and you start it and you know when the end date needs to be, it, with the exception of specific time-based type of ads, don't run short ads. Don't run an ad for one day or two days. It's going to take the algorithm some time before it begins to really work well. So give it three or four days at least before you make changes. If you decide after four days the ad is doing terrible, then that's fine. Or if it's doing great, then slowly increase your ad spend and your budget if you want to. No more than 10 to 15%. But the key there is let the algorithm work, and that means to not let ads stop after only just one or two days. You need to let ads run so that they can be effective. And the algorithm needs that time to be able to learn. All right? Another one, experiment. Experiment with different ad objectives, with different audiences, with different locations. Really get into the habit of doing testing. Ask yourself questions. Be curious. Wonder, what would happen if we change this to a bigger area geographically or a smaller area? Or if we tried this objective instead of this one? Always be testing, experimenting. You're going to learn stuff from it. And one of the things that you may learn, or at least we have, is that even within a country, a city will be different from another city. So be experimenting, look at your results, maybe write those down on a spreadsheet, and then base your experiments on what you're learning as you're doing these experiments and iterations on your ads. All right? And finally, Google and Meta are different. When we start talking about ads, when you are running them on Meta, on Facebook or Instagram, that's one thing. When you're doing Google search ads or YouTube ads, the rules change. Verification looks different. The strategy looks different. And the reason why, from the broadest sense, is this idea of push and pull. A Meta ad is a push ad. We're pushing content in front of people, hoping that it resonates with them. A Google search ad or a YouTube ad, they've already shown their intention because they're searching for it. 
Now we're trying to pull them from the search engine result page or from that YouTube video to your website where they can get more information or message you or watch more videos, whatever it may be for you. So make sure that you're looking at your ad strategies in different ways. If it's Google, it's a pull. If it's Meta, it's a, a push strategy there. We're trying to push content in front of them. Remember that your strategies need to be different when you're doing those two different ones. All right, so these are just some thoughts about ads that we're seeing regardless of location, regardless really of platform. A lot of these are very true in all areas of social media marketing. All right, so hopefully that will benefit you. Maybe it reinforces some things you already know. Maybe it will give you some ideas of some things you want to do as you continue to test and iterate and experiment as always, if you're finding things that are working, I'd love to hear from you about it so I can share it with the broader community as well. This podcast went over 9,000 unique individuals last week. So for all the people that are listening, whether the numbers are big or small, I'm just thankful for this tribe, for you, for people trying to make Jesus famous. And so if we can learn from you and share that with others, we would love to, to hear from you and to learn from you. And we hope that what we are learning is a benefit and that we can share it to you as well. As always, if you know people that want to listen to the show, make sure you recommend it. Give us some five-star ratings. That helps. All right, Subscribe. Follow the show on the YouTube channel. We really do appreciate it. We're not getting any ad money from it. We just want it to be a blessing. So if you know people who could use this, make sure and let them know. And as always, just keep pushing forward. Don't give up, keep pushing, keep learning, and may God bless your efforts to make his son famous and known. Until next time, take care and God bless. Thank you for listening to the Christian Media Marketing Podcast. We hope you subscribe to it and that you'll share it with those who are also laboring for the Lord to find seekers in their contacts. May God bless you in all you do for him and for his kingdom.